Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, church, I am thrilled to present the Word of God today. And... um, We are praying for you as you're in lockdown. Can I just say, being in lockdown with little kids is no joke. Um, Really, I feel you right where you're at, if that's where you're at. I know that many parents this week began the journey of online schooling their kids. Um, And I just wanna say to you, in this season, perfection is not the goal. I really felt God encouraged me right at the beginning of this season is, you know, sometimes um, good enough is good enough. Um, That He can add, He adds His grace to it. makes up for the gaps. And our goal in this season should not be perfection. It should be relying on the grace of God. Um, There is this beautiful Scripture in James 5.17, this little turn of phrase that has deeply encouraged my heart, particularly in this season where any pretense of perfection has had to go out the window. And I've just got to be, just gotten, had to be really real with God and my family in navigating this season. Well, James 5.17, says, Elijah was as human as we are. How encouraging is that? You know, he did incredibly miraculous things. He saw things that um, I have not yet seen in my lifetime through his ministry, Um, but he was human just like us. The great highs, uh, the the crushing lows, the deep disappointments, the frustrations of life, um, the victories, all of it. Um, And um, this morning, I wanna share from a passage from this great man of God who um, literally, this actually happens that just after the height of his ministry, he'd seen um, incredible things. He had confronted a murderer king. Um, He'd seen great victory in that. He had actually challenged the prophets of Baal that were doing crazy things and, and he won a great victory in that way. He commanded it not to rain and it didn't rain. Then he commanded it to, rain and it rained. He saw incredible things. But then just immediately after this incredible episode, this incredible chapter of his ministry, when you would think that, you know, he, he's on a, in a mountaintop high, celebrate the victory. Actually, straight after, he was actually just really weary, really tired. And it wasn't the kind of tired where just his physical body was tired and it could be resolved with a little rest. It was actually fatigue and weariness of soul. Perhaps that's exactly where you're at today. Maybe um, with the ups and downs of this pandemic, maybe uh, the circumstances you find yourself in with kids and family, maybe just the isolation of being um, someone who's living alone. Maybe you are just feeling right now really weary and maybe you're experiencing a hope deferred. Well, this morning I'm really praying and in fact, I feel that the Holy Spirit wants to minister through this ancient story to refresh your soul this morning. So why don't we read together 1 Kings 19 verses 1 to 8. And it says, And Ahab, sorry, it's, uh, yeah, 1 Kings 19, 1 to 8. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow morning. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. So essentially he runs away. But he himself, 
himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it's enough now, Lord, take my life from me for I am no better than my father's. Then as he laid and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. That's justification for baking during lockdown. (laughs) So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the Word of the Lord came to him. And he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I am alone, I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go, Return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. And also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shephat, of Abel-Meholah. And you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Well, how's this? Elijah, God's man of power for the hour. God's man, uh, God's man who saw incredible miracles. God's man who saw the elements change at His command. And yet he's also brought to the brink because of weariness. You know, we've all actually been there at one time or another. James reminds us that that he's a man just like us, a person, a very, very frail human, just like we are. And that is really encouraging in what we're going through right now because right in the midst of a national crisis, because there was a national crisis going on in Elijah's time, God chooses to meet with Elijah, you know, literally, Um, turns history just for one man. In the middle of his meltdown, uh, God encounters Elijah. And this morning, I wanna say to you, God wants to encounter you. Do you know God would interrupt a national crisis, a statewide crisis, just to touch you right where you're at today? Did you know that's the love of God toward you? Maybe you've come to a place of fatigue and weariness of soul. Maybe this morning you're sitting there and you're like, God, how much longer? And just like Elijah, enough already. 
Well, God wants to meet you right in this place this morning because I believe God has the Word that sustains the weary. God's answer to weariness is to rest in Him. So this morning, I wanna explore the concept of resting in God. Firstly, rest is the foundation for life and fruitfulness. You know, I wanna draw a distinction this morning. Maybe you're saying, you know, the kind of weariness that I'm feeling is, um, it's not just I'm a little bit tired because I've gone for a a long, long run. I've I've heard many people have been doing these step challenges and of course their, their body is weary and fatigued after it. But the kind of weariness I'm talking about is not tiredness. It's actually weariness of soul. And weariness runs the risk of getting into our soul realm. Well, God's antidote to that is rhythms of rest to sustain your life and to bring about great fruitfulness. Well, to us, that seems really counterintuitive. You know, if I wanna be fruitful, I need to work harder. If I wanna be fruitful, I need to be thinking smarter. And yet God is saying, actually, no, the key to your fruitfulness is actually incorporating a foundation of rest in Him in your your day-to-day life. We need to rest in the grace of God. We need to get into the the pattern of Sabbath. You know, I, I think it's so interesting that in this story, it seems almost unspiritual that the Lord of the universe would first deal in a very practical area in Elijah's life. He says, basically, I need to minister to you first with food and sleep. Don't you think that's incredible that that the way that God deals with a weary prophet is, hey, you need to have a big sleep and a really good meal. In fact, God says nothing to Elijah, not one thing, except that if you don't arise and eat, this journey is going to be too great for you, it says in verse seven. God doesn't bring any great revelation to Elijah. God doesn't bring any further fruitfulness to his life until he decides to rest. In fact, he says, you won't make the rest of the journey unless you do it. You know, I reckon God's Word to us is exactly the same thing, that if we don't choose to adopt His rhythms of rest, we won't actually make it to to our destiny. We won't reach our full potential in God if we choose to actually ignore that foundation of life and fruitfulness. You know, Rest is a rhythm that we have to embrace. Rest is a a posture and a state of being that actually spares us from the narcissistic illusion that we are the self-made man or woman. It actually pushes us to rely on the grace and the power of God and put to bed our our desire to work uh, for our own credit and our own glory. You know, activity doesn't necessarily equate to fruitfulness. It's actually abiding and rest. Resting in the Lord that actually equates to great kingdom fruitfulness. This has actually been a really hard lesson for me to learn. Naturally, um, my propensity, if you if you are into Enneagram and I'm not hugely so, my husband's a HR manager and he uses it, uses it as a tool and he says to me, you are undoubtedly an eight. You run to the challenge. You have a propensity toward action. And I have found that I've had to actually really discipline myself in this area of rest. There was a time when I had my first child and 
um, I remember being very, very used to burning the candle at both ends, you know, up early, up late at night, taking incredible joy in work and doing and a task orientation. And along comes this little baby, which then required me to have literally hours at home, um, seemingly not being productive. And I remember in the middle of it, feeling like a, a cat on a hot tin roof, like, God, when am I going to be fruitful again? When am I actually going to get to do things again? Um, and I remember my husband stopping one day, looking at me and saying, would you stop looking for things to heavy lift? And would you allow God to teach you something about rest and allowing Him to do the heavy lifting in your life? Wow, what a rebuke. What an encouraging rebuke that set me up uh, to go on a journey of the revelation of resting in the Lord. This morning, I want to encourage you. There is a rest in this season that God is asking you to enter into. Now, it may not mean complete inactivity and it certainly doesn't mean passivity, but God is inviting you into the very active and disciplined pursuit of resting in His grace, of deciding that you will be fruitful because you lay aside your task focus and allow Him to speak to you about resting in Him. Well, secondly, um, it's actually in this environment of rest that God sets us up to encounter Him. Rest is the environment for encounter. You know, God does begin with rest for Elijah. He, he lays him down to sleep twice. He has two big sleeps and two big meals. And it starts with his soul and body. But really that rest is simply a preparation for what he really needed. And that is an encounter with God. You know, after Elijah has that time of rest, two big sleeps, two big meals, God actually leads him to Mount Horeb. And that's a place associated with the presence of God, with encountering God, with um, being face to face with God. In fact, Moses encountered God at the burning bush at Mount Horeb. And God does three things in this encounter. Um, rest prepares Elijah for this encounter and God does three things. The first one is God causes Elijah to reflect on where he's at. You know, he says, Elijah, twice, what are you doing here? Um, repetitive, highlighting the fact, hey, I need you to locate yourself. Do you know this morning in um, that environment of resting God, God will actually cause you to locate yourself. Is what you're doing actually truly productive? Is this where you want your life to head? Is there a course correction that the Holy Spirit wants to make in your life? Can I just say it's in this environment of resting in God that you're, you're gonna have the ears to hear what God wants to do to make you truly fruitful, truly life-filled and effective for Him. Well, secondly, God challenges Elijah's experience of His presence. You know, up until now in the story, Elijah has known God in the big, the phenomenological, you know, calling fire down on sacrifices, uh, you know, causing rain to stop, causing prophets to, the, the evil prophets to run for their lives because of God's great power. And God is in all those things, don't get me wrong. God is in the miraculous. God is a God of power. God is a God that, that is just um, incredibly omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing. But sometimes we can actually get in a groove of how we think God will turn up. You know, in this story, God wasn't in the wind. 
In this story, God wasn't in the earthquake. In this story, God wasn't even in the fire. He was actually in the very still, personal, still small voice. He was actually there to transform Elijah from the inside out for his destiny. You know, maybe you've gotten into a rut of how you think God should show up. I really believe this is a season to make room, to to rest in Him and allow God to show up in that very intimate, still small place in in your home, on your walks, in the stillness of your own heart. And you may be surprised at the power in which God shows up in those places. Well, finally, it's in that context of speaking to Elijah that God changes his perspective. You know, if you remember in the story we just read, um, Elijah um, basically says to God, I'm all alone. I've been zealous. People have turned their back on you. Um, I'm all alone. You can feel the isolation. Maybe you've said that to God this week. God, I just feel so alone. Our nation feels like it's not loving you. It feels like, God, I alone in my family are standing for you. I'm, I'm alone in, in my university um, apartment and I'm feeling so isolated, God. Well, Elijah felt like that and, and he was real with God. There's gotta be a place to be honest with God. There's no, no point lying to God or pretending. But as we're honest with Him and in that place of rest, God actually brought a correction to Elijah's perspective and said, hey, in this place of hearing my still small small voice, in this place of encounter, I wanna show you, you're not alone, Elijah. There's actually, you're not just one person standing alone. In fact, there's 7,000 just like you who haven't turned their back on me, who haven't bowed their knee to Baal. You know, God is saying to you this morning, you may feel all alone. You may feel like you are a sole voice. I had one incredible friend who God is stirring to pray about certain things. And she's like, I'm, I'm not even sure if this has got any impact. But God assured her, no, no, you are, you are one voice in a whole chorus of voices in our nation and across the earth, standing for Jesus Christ, having effect in the spiritual realm as you pray. Your voice matters. You're not alone, God is saying. He wants to bring an adjustment to your perspective this morning in this place of rest to say, hey, you are not alone. You may feel isolated. You may feel like a, like a, a sole person standing against an army of of, um, opposition at the moment. But no, you're not alone. God has raised up many, many like you, both in Australia and all around the world. And in that place of rest, God will bring an adjustment to your perspective. Well, finally, rest restores us to our destiny. It's so interesting that this story begins with Elijah fleeing. He is running away and, you know, All of us really have that impulse to either do fight or flight. Maybe you're having a lot of fights in your home. (laughs) Um, You know, we've certainly had the odd moment of conflict going on in our home just simply because of the close proximity. Maybe you wanna fight God. God, why are you letting this happen? Well, Elijah was a flight kind of guy. He ran, he ran for his life. He, he tried to escape. You know, he flees south into the desert. Maybe you've fleed into the desert. I'm just gonna isolate myself further. I'm gonna just run away from everything that's opposing me or disturbing me. And yet God in the midst of it actually causes him to discover his destiny again. It's out of that place of rest in the midst of escaping 
that, that God ministers to him and says, you know what, in this place of rest, I'm not gonna let you die. I'm not gonna let you give up here and and draw a line in the sand in the wilderness. I'm actually gonna resurrect you. Rest is gonna be key to restoring your soul and taking you on into the next phase of your destiny. You know, God finds Elijah at Mount Horeb and He he actually commissions him again. His next um, instructions were go and anoint a king and go and anoint a successor, another prophet to go on in the works of God because God's plan was not not just this good and no more. He was like, no, from glory to glory. Do you know, you may feel like you've come to a crossroads and you're like, I'm ready to give up. As you rest in the Lord, He is going to restore your soul uh, to take you on in the next phase of your destiny. I believe everything in front of you that God has for you is even better than what you've tasted before. You know, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But you know, the more you taste of Him, He just gets better and better. Your destiny gets better and better. I know there's HSC students that are watching this morning and you are amazing to be doing this in the middle of a pandemic. Wow, God has chosen you because He knows you're the perfect person for this time in history. And you've got all that you need to have great victory. But I wanna say to you, this little chapter you're in, it is just one short chapter in a great big destiny in God that He has for you. Just like Elijah, you may feel like this is the end of you. No, no, no. This is just the beginning because God is going to commission you for the next phase of your destiny and He has got great things ahead of you. Well, Hebrews says um, of Elijah and many others like him who allowed God to refresh them in a place of rest, even in their despair and discouragement. Hebrews says in Hebrews 11.34 that they quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Isn't that incredible that that in that place of rest, God turns our weaknesses into our great strengths. He, He turns our test into a testimony. He turns our challenges into great places of victory that will not only serve us, but serve our generation well. They'll be a testimony to others to uplift and encourage them in their overcoming as well. You know, this morning, if you are weary, God has not got more work for you to do. God has not got more activity to make you busy, to anaesthetise you to how you're feeling. Actually, what God has got for you is true anointed rest. He's got a time for you for Him to refresh your soul. He's got a time for you to rest in Him, to cease from endless activity, to cease from mindless work, to actually rest in Him to lay it all down at the feet of Jesus, to make room for Him to move in your life and refresh you. Not so that you can just enjoy the rest, that's amazing too, we can enjoy the Lord, but actually God wants to prepare you in that place of rest for the rest of your destiny. If you need a fresh encounter with the Lord this morning, right now, I wanna pray for you. And I believe wherever you are, God is gonna fill that place with His presence. He's gonna fill your heart with His presence. Galatians 6, 9 says, "'Let us not become weary in doing good, "'for at the proper time we will reap a harvest "'if we do not give up.'" 
Don't give up this morning. Don't be discouraged. Bring bring your heart honestly before the Lord and allow Him in that place of rest and waiting before Him to minister to your heart and refresh you, refuel you for the journey ahead. Would you open your heart and lift your hands this morning? Holy Spirit, right now, would You minister to my brothers and sisters, wherever they're at, God, to that young woman, God, in the uni apartment right now, to the family at home that's barely holding it together, God, to to the the corporate people, God, that are just weary, God, from all the changes. Wherever we're at, God, would You minister Your deep rest this morning? God, I declare deep refreshment over the people of Horizon Church. God, I pray in this time we would not turn to the anaesthetic of endless activity. God, that we would not try and numb ourselves out, Lord God, with viewing and consuming, but instead, Lord, we would rest in You. We would feed on You. God, that our souls would be enlarged as we wait on You and receive Your supernatural rest. God, for those that need encouragement right now, just like Elijah did, God, I speak encouragement into every home, into every heart in Jesus' Name. You know, perhaps you're viewing this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus says that, um, come to me all who are weary. He says, you know, if your soul is burdened by this world, if the things that you thought would be your Saviour, the thing that you thought would be your strength hasn't worked for you, look, you need to come to Him and know that that His, his, not, um, his load is not burdensome. You know, His yoke um, is not heavy, it's light. You know, you're designed to know your Creator. You're designed to rest in Him, to be, to be um, in relationship with Him, to be reconciled with Him. And this morning, I reckon that God has brought you to this screen just to meet Him, that you've heard this message this morning and He's drawing you to Himself because He wants to lift a load off you. He wants to fill your soul with His presence and He wants to make you His son or daughter. He wants to father you. He wants to love you. He doesn't wanna put heavy loads on you. So this morning, if you wanna come to Him and say yes to Jesus Christ, come into relationship with Him, why don't you pray this prayer with me? It's gonna be up on the screen as well. But if you pray it and believe it in your heart, I may never know about it, but you know, you will become His. Let's pray this morning. Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness, love and complete acceptance. I am now set free from my past. I am now a child of God. Well, church, I love you dearly. And I just declare this morning the rest of God over your soul, that there would be many, many testimonies of this season of how the Holy Spirit refreshed you and prepared you for the next chapter in your life and that, that, that you would declare the goodness of God into the future. In Jesus' Name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.